Hey, yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of A Hard Knock Podcast. It's your boy Ryan here again, uh, owner founder of Hard Knock Labs, and welcome back, y'all. Alright, so I know I know last week we had my boy Terry here. We had the little long episode. It's the first time having a guest on here. And um as y'all could probably tell, it was completely unscripted and we just kinda went with the flow. We even had talked to some friends after it and they were like, Yeah, I don't even know what the episode was about. It'd be like that sometimes. But it's uh it was if you build it right, they will come. You know, that was the if there was one thing to take away from the conversation, that was the thing, which actually I think um, that kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today. Um, So what I want to talk to you all today about is um, actually over the weekend, I was reading a book. I I had this book already, but I just um, but I I had put it down because honestly, it's a big book, you know, and I had a bunch of other ones on my list, but something just came up and I was like, man, I got to finish that book. And what it was is right here. It's called um, Fall in Love with the Problem, Not the Solution, a handbook for entrepreneurs by Uri Levine, the co-founder of Waze. And so even um, Steve Wozniak from um, Apple said, Spoiler alert, this book will change your life and become your Bible if you're an entrepreneur. Um, This this book is hard, y'all. It's hard. And so um, I wanted to share with y'all just kind of what's been on my mind since I was been reading it. And like I said, it has a lot to do with the um, build it right and they will come uh, thing because it actually kind of talks about that a little bit in this in this book. And. What I want to talk to y'all today about is this term that you may have heard of, may not have heard of. If you've tried to find funding, if you've if you've um, ever tried to pitch or anything like this, you've definitely heard this. And it's a phrase called product market fit or PMF for short. And what made me think about this? Well, so I was reading this book, Fall in Love with the Problem, Not the Solution. It's a really great mantra. But before that, I was actually watch. I was just I was scrolling um, Instagram and I saw someone posting. He was talking about like, yo, like actually it really doesn't even matter if you have the best whatever that you're offering. That is like like the best product or the best service or whatever. All that matters is that you um, market it the best, because if you market it better than the best, then it doesn't matter because you're getting paid. Something about that just didn't sit right with me um, just because like, you know, I come from the human centered design field. That's why that's where I've spent, you know, pretty much my whole career is understanding how to make products and services um, work best for people and, and help them achieve their goals and all of that kind of stuff. And the whole notion that like, oh, I don't need to make my product the best just didn't sit right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you really just selling people dirt essentially, you know what I'm saying? And I really had trouble articulating my feeling around it until I was just kind of reading through this book. And I thought about it like this. There's a, there's a big difference between customer acquisition and product market fit. And 
a lot of people might look at you like, huh? Like, like they're looking at me like, huh? Question mark. Like, what, what do you mean? Because you'll even see, you ever watch Shark Tank, you ever watch all this stuff, and then the, and they'll say, yeah, um, do you have product market fit? And they're like, yeah, we have this many customers that bought. We acquired this many customers, right? And you'll think like, okay, so if you got customers that paid, then that means product market fit. Wrong. That's actually not true. It's one thing to acquire some customers and sell them on the uh, sell them on your solution. It's another thing entirely for that solution to actually work for them and for them to continue to use it. And so that's what I wanted to talk to y'all about today. Let me pull up my notes, make sure I hit everything in order. But I just wanted to kind of debunk this myth that like the best marketing is better than the the best product or the best service because it's just that's just not true y'all like you know um and honestly this is potentially harmful to your customers uh like there's a product that i actually i might talk about it in in a future episode but i'm I'm trying to figure some stuff out right now so i'm not gonna call it but there's a product that's very well known in just the entrepreneurial um, space. And they are very, very well marketed. Honestly, a pioneer of it. And they have a product, right? And as a UX person, as a human-centered design person, I'm not a big fan of the product. So I use a ton. Of, I pay for a ton of other different tools to use just so that I don't have to use that product. Um, but I believe in everything else that the company stands by. And that just goes to show that it's not an end all be all of just getting the message out there. You got to be able to um, help your customers and help drive that impact for them. Um, and you start to lose trust, really, when you don't when you don't think of doing that. And that's why product market fit is so important in the grand scheme of business, because if you just focus on customer acquisitions, eventually you're going to dry up and you're going to reach all of them. And then you're going to have to figure out something new to create or some other type of thing to sell them. Um, And by the time you do that, they're not going to want to buy from you anymore. And so product market fit is about retention and impact not just customer acquisitions, all right? So I want to clarify the differences, what I mean. When I'm talking about customer acquisitions, I'm talking about your funnels. I'm talking about your, I'm talking about your um, marketing on, on Instagram, Facebook, Google, YouTube, all of that stuff, all these things, even just this right here, like, like this, me um, posting and putting stuff out here through my podcast and all of that is in the hopes of customer acquisitions, this is something that you definitely need to do in your business and, and your business won't go anywhere without customers. But um, you without really making that true impact and when I'm talking about impactless, what they called it in the book was conversion. And I don't want to use that word because because conversion is its own thing and, and um, customer acquisitions. But by conversion or impact, what I'm saying is that your product or your service is supposed to help your customers. I always say this. It helps your customers move away from something or towards something. It's supposed to help them achieve some type of goal or, you know, get uh, uh, they're supposed to get something. Right. And so that conversion or that impact is what it's actually doing for them. Right. That's one thing that's important about product market fit. 
that is actually doing the thing that they bought it to do. And then the second thing is that they actually want to come back and use it again. Or they, they and then that when they want to come back and use it again, that goes right into what we were talking about last week, word of mouth, um, you know, make it, making it so that like people want to refer to you and stuff like that. You know, and that's typically, you know, you can figure a lot of that stuff out with like net promoter scores, all of that. But that's why it's so important to not just focus on the marketing side, which is important, which I'll get into that a little bit later. But but what's more important than that is product market fit. OK, and so what does the road to product market fit look like? Honestly, it looks like a lot of failure, <laughs> That's the only way you can get it. And like, believe me, so like I've I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, like, yo, I really can't talk about like a lot of the products that I've built over my career just because of NDAs, all that kind of stuff. But like, yo, I've built systems and, and products that are used by the government that are that are used by, by a lot of large brands that y'all work with today. I was just on one of my previous um one of my one of the previous companies I worked for and I was just looking at their like how how the um, product that I created for them is positioning them in their market. And and the thing is, is that what I've learned over the course of my career is that you will never get it right the first time. And and that just because of that, the road to PMF is a long road of trial and error. But the very first crucial step is releasing that MVP, that minimum viable product and, and talking to actual customers, getting in front of them, seeing how they react to it, seeing how they respond to it and constantly and constantly iterating and experimenting on it. And that's the only way to do it. And so that's how you ensure that. Um, well, actually, let me even rewind. Let me even rewind because. Before you even get into that part, right, of building the MVP, the actual thing, like this book, like this book even talks about, is a, it's not about the MVP either. The first thing is about the problem, figuring out what is the key problem that you're trying to solve, right? And is your problem big enough? Does your problem have a big enough market um, of people, because if it's a problem that's only for like you and a handful of people, then you're not going to make a lot of money off of it. But if it's a problem that's that a large population of people deal with and care about solving, then you're it's a lot more likely that you'll be able to um, make a lot of money at it if you can solve that problem. Right. And then once you understand that problem um, and you've and you've validated the size of it, now it's about throwing a lot of things at the wall to see what see what works. And the only way to start doing that is to start with is to just start to start with something. And that's typically what I call MVP, minimum viable product. And I don't want y'all to get hung up on the language. I'm probably gonna say product a lot, PMF, all of that stuff. But I'm, this also applies to service based businesses as well. OK. And. So like. I also want to mention that as you're doing this stuff, you really want to be working with real users. Right. And the goal is so there are diff there are like several different um, user types, user segments 
that that come into play when we're talking about PMF product market product market fit. Um, the first one, the first few, you're probably gonna be pretty um, familiar with. There are the um, these are there's the uh, innovators, right? They're innovators. These are the people who are like looking for new things to try. Like they're the first to jump onto something, right? Then there's the early adopters. The, they're they're kind of right after them, um, you know, and they're they're like the ones. These groups of people are the ones that are like the first to try um, new products, new services, give things um, test out. You know, they're they're willing to get in the weeds and and figure things out. They're the ones that's gonna go and go on YouTube and look up the directions and and try to figure out how to use whatever tool it is. Right? If you're watching this, I'm assuming you're probably an early adopter for a lot of things, but when you're building and trying to reach product market fit, there's a next group that's really particularly hard to get to. And that's what is called the early majority. And this is a very large user group. These are you or customer group. These are the people that are reluctant to try your product. They don't like to change, they don't like to change their ways. They, they, they like where they're at. They're comfortable. They don't, they don't want to feel stupid when they're trying something. They, they, they don't want to try new things because they, like, they don't want to feel or look stupid trying to figure it out. You know, these people are the people that once you can start getting at them, they are the ones that are going to show, show and prove that you've reached product market fit. And I'm telling you right now, if you're putting all your money into just marketing and stuff like that, you're not going to reach those people because they're already reluctant to do it. And then once they get in there and they don't, and they're having a hard time achieving the goal that they want to achieve with your product or solution, then they're not going to come back. And so that's why it's good to test what you're building incrementally and incrementally, (laughs) I can't talk today and regularly. Um, so as you test and as you learn and as you as you keep refining, you're going to get closer and closer and closer to the best version of your product um, to reach that product market fit. And so a few episodes ago, I was talking about prioritization and, and all of that stuff. Right. And that's why I was telling you that it's important to focus on a single offering because and that single offering is all about solving that that problem, right? That big problem that you're trying to solve. And when I say focus on that one offering, what I'm saying is that you're, that's your MVP. That offering is your MVP. And that's the thing that you're going to keep tweaking and testing with your customers and keep tweaking and testing with your customers to refine it and make it the best, the best thing that's ever going to help them with whatever it is that you're trying to help them do. And so that's what I want you to be able to focus on is that's why I'm saying focus on a single offering because you keep focusing on that thing. And as you're focusing on the offering, you're probably going to build different kinds of um, different kinds of solutions or different kinds of features or different types of add-ons just to see if these different things resonate um, with your um, ideal customer. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it's all about. And, you know, that's actually why I had an idea recently. So I'm, I'm actually I'm actually launching a new offering, but it's all for the same. This is all me trying to get trying to narrow down and focus and get onto the same problem space. Right. And what I'm putting together soon, um, I'm, I'm actually planning on launching it. And, and y'all will probably start seeing, um, 
you know, mention of it is called the I2L challenge or idea to launch challenge, which is going to be a 25 day challenge to help you take your business idea that you have and turn it into an offering that you can launch with and get start getting in front of customers in 25 days. Because the key thing, the most important step for all of this stuff is to just get something out there in front of customers for them to respond to so that you can start learning and getting inching closer to that um, to that product market fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that by 25 days you're going to have PMF, but what I'm saying is you're going to have the first step towards it and you're going to be able to um, get onto that learning of you know, reaching those customers. So something I also want to note is that like, I I just want to note, like I'm not saying that you shouldn't be focusing on um, customer acquisitions. Um, I'm saying like you need to have a balanced approach because at this point in your business, it's not about, it's not because you're going to see and I talk about it all the time. And this is this is the realization that I had to come to as I was reading this book. I was like, you know what? I I might be putting the cart before the horse a little bit um, for a lot of you all talking about the business model design, talking about like all of that stuff. Um, Because before you should even be focusing on scaling, what you should be focusing on is getting that getting that offering right, getting that thing down packed. And the only way you're going to do that is by, you know, getting your offering in front of users and, and, and customers and seeing how they respond to it, seeing if it actually helps them achieve their goals, seeing if it actually does what it's supposed to do for them. And that's where customer acquisitions come in. Right. You should be using um, customer acquisitions like, you know, using those funnels, using, using your Facebook ads, using all of that stuff to get your first customers through the door so that you can see how your solution is working for them. It's not necessarily for scaling. It's for testing your solution with real users and seeing how they react to it. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to keep it a bean, keep it a full buck. Some of your first customers are probably going to hate your idea or hate what, hate what it is or, or, you know, but that's okay. Right. That's because I mean, so those people that are coming in early, those are, like I said, those innovators and those early adopters, um, you're going to learn a lot from them. But if you keep working at it and keep improving, eventually you're going to figure it out. And once you figure it out, they're going to catch wind. They're going to be like, oh, OK, sounds like you finally figured it out. I guess I can try the product again. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're losing them for life. But this is the only way is to put your stuff out there in the world and um and and start building on it you know and that's where customer acquisitions come into play so when you're talking about product market fit there are really three criteria that you should be looking at right so again you should be getting customer acquisitions you should be able to get your um, product in front of people right so that is a key thing um so new users um new customers you should be looking at your ability to help them convert or, or help them achieve the goal that they're trying to achieve. And you should be looking at their retention rates, you know? And so 
once you have those three things in play, I think it's it's fair and almighty and fine to say that you've reached product market fit and it's time to start looking at your business model and how you should design your business model to fit around that, right? And like I said, I got my course, I got all of that in the, in the community to see, um, to help you figure out that um, business model design. But the first step is getting that product market fit and getting it in a place where you're clearly solving your um, customer's problem and they are doing it in a way that they enjoy it, that they get it, and they want to refer and get other people to do it, and they're going to come back and continue to use it, continue to use it. And, you know, there are some nuances and differences between, like, B2C and B2B, but, like, it's still the exact same things. Like, we talk about retention rates for B2C, but but when we're looking at B2B, what it might be is renewal rates or or, or renewal. Yeah, how often do your um, clients renew with you, renew a contract? That's retention, right? You want to know whether or not they're coming back, coming back for more and more. And, you know, there's ways to look at look at it. You're, if you even treated it like a funnel, right? Because there's at the beginning of the funnel, which might just be like when they're a net new customer or or a cold audience. A lot of people think of the funnels as starting there and then getting that sale. And that's the end of the funnel. That's not the end of the funnel. It's their cold audience. And then the end of it is when they've achieved the goal that they're trying to achieve. And not even that is when they come back to do it again. And if you looked at each step that it takes between cold audience to coming back, the number of people goes down each time, right? And it's about pinpointing the severity of those different areas and testing and experimenting what you have to do to increase that number of people that still make it through. And that's how you focus on that product market fit. That's how you get that. And so um, that's, yeah. And it's all rooted in, in human-centered design. That's all, um, you know, human cent- That's what this is all about because your customers at the end of the day, they're humans, right? That's, that's who's buying from you. And having that approach and thinking about them and thinking about what they're trying to achieve is going to help you ultimately reach your goals and what you're trying to do. And you got to be okay with, with, you know, not being right. One other thing that I want to say, I remember when I was in college, man, I can't remember this professor's name, but I was taking a course um, in grad school and he had a mantra that he would have us say over and over and over again. Like, you know, like I remember the mantra and I can't remember his name, but it would say, the user is not me. I am not the user. Right. Sounds like some AA type stuff. But like basically what it's saying and like they talk about this in the book as well, is that like you are a very awesome example of one user. But not the majority of users or the majority of customers or the majority of whoever you're trying to reach and and help and support. And the only way that you're going to get to understand how everyone else thinks about it is by getting out there interacting with them and talking with them. And I'm telling you, this isn't something that you can just push off for someone else to do. A CEO of your business is your job to understand your customers, your target customers, and how they respond to things. And the funny thing about it is that when it's so like I I'm 
I'm continuously baffled. Like I do um, usability testing all the time, right? And it's so funny to me to watch my customers or my my users use a product and they just do it in a completely different way than I would have ever thought of. That's just because we're all unique and come from all unique backgrounds and understandings. So in order for you to be able to get to that early majority, you got to understand how that early majority moves because if your product or service ain't moving with it, then they're not using it. So how are we doing on time? I think I'm going to give you all a little bit of a shorter one this time since I went crazy uh, last last week with an hour long one. But if there's one thing I want you all to take away from this um, call, from this call, from this episode is that product market fit. OK, it's not just about getting as many customers as possible. It's about making a product or making a service that helps your customers achieve their goals in the way that they need to uh, be able to achieve it. And and it's uh, it's about doing that, then finding the customers, get that product market fit. And then there'll be, you know, a piece of cake trying to scale it. And again, you got to just start with something and be ready to fail over and over and over again until you finally get that thing down. So with that, y'all, that's the end of this segment. Just talking about product market fit. Get out there, get in front of customers and um, be on the lookout for the I2L challenge. If you're interested, it's not it's going to be about twenty seven bucks with with twenty five plus days worth of video content. Um, telling you what what's the daily prompt that you need to do. I also created a digital workbook companion that will help guide you along with templates and worksheets and all of that stuff. And we also will have um, a private community for you to be able to share your experiences, share what you're doing, get feedback from me. Hop on, I'll hop on live. We'll do some um, workshopping, all that kind of stuff, all to help you. Um, the whole idea is, well, I want to launch this in December. Um, and so if I launch this in December. That means your Christmas present to yourself on the 25th is launching your product, which you probably won't want to market that time. You probably want to market at the beginning of the year. But isn't that a cool thing you could start off the year with? Say that you got that business that you've always wanted to start, but you just don't know how to do it or you just don't know where to start. or You don't know how to put something out there. That's what we're going to help you do. We're going to help you take that idea and turn it into something that you can actually put out there and give to the world. But I, w- I don't want you to fret because nobody gets it right the first time. But it's not about it's not about getting it right. It's about making the first step because that first step is the first step to PMF. All right, y'all. Thanks again. This is another episode of Hard Knock Labs. Ryan here, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.